to this week's edition for the Wise Up Podcast. This is your host, Azra Siddiqui. As a reminder, Wise Up is my platform to educate the South Asian and Muslim community about Texas and national politics. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is at WiseUpTX, or you can check out our website, www.wiseuptx.com. Remember, everyone, get educated, get wiser, start giving a hoot. All right, folks, it's been a while since I've done a segment, and a lot has happened in the meantime, but I've been really busy keeping up with the Texas legislative session, which has been a complete and total chaotic circus. Um, If you've been keeping up with us on social media, you've seen me posting a lot about what's been happening, and it's been pretty crazy. But first, I'm going to start with um, what's been going on in the national news with dear old Donald Trump. Uh, He still is continuously tweeting the most asinine things that I've ever seen any political leader tweet, to be honest. Um, Of course, we have had some crazy stuff happening with uh, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general testifying. Um, And we've also heard about Comey, who was the former FBI director, which was fired by President Trump, also testifying. And if there's anything that I took away from his hearing was that Bill Clinton should have been playing with balloons. And you may be wondering, what kind of statement is that? And if you recall, back at the Democratic convention when Hillary Clinton you know, accepted her nomination um, at the DNC, uh, a lot of Newspapers had posted um, pictures of Bill Clinton having so much fun with, you know, all the balloons. And to me, that's what he really should have been doing until Election Day. Unfortunately, some staffer didn't order enough balloons to distract him, so Bill Clinton decided to meet up Attorney General Loretta Lynch back then. Um, She was supposed to be investigating um, Hillary Clinton's private server situation, and he met her on the tarmac of some airport. And when Comey had learned of this, it was kind of his tipping point of having to do something about this relatively shady situation. He wanted to make sure that the investigation was not compromised, and it's the main reason why Comey decided to come out to the public about opening up Hillary Clinton's private server investigation again a few days prior to the election. And you may recall there have been a lot of statistics happening where there were many people right before the election that were, you know, in the middle, didn't know who to vote for. Um, And according to Nate Silver's 538 website, this statement by Comey is what lost her the election. Now, granted, there were several issues with probably contributed to her loss, but let's say this was one of the major factors to her loss, which leads us to the conclusion, darn it, Bill, if it weren't for you meandering off meeting women in random places, just maybe things would have been different, you know? He should have just stuck to playing with those balloons that he had at the DNC convention. Either way, we had a hard time wrapping our head around that statement, but plenty of other juicy stuff was said, and it was enough to make this season's House of Cards look pretty tame. Um, I wanted to kind of give a shout out to Twitter, who I think did a great job of live streaming it. Uh, Furthermore, they connected it with the top tweets coming in, so you could essentially see how both parties interpreted the hearing and what they found to be important enough to tweet. So you saw a lot of Republicans tweeting in a certain angle, and then same with the Democrats. So if you were watching it on TV, your cable news provider had their own interpretations. Um, I think the Washington Post did a great job in highlighting how the liberal and conservative media outlets portrayed their thoughts on the hearing. I think uh, that's something you all should check out. To us, the best statement by Comey was, Lordy, I hope there are tapes. Well, Lordy, so does Wise Up. 
Um, there seems to be more of a background with um, meetings between Attorney General Sessions and Russia. Um, according to some of the news sources in the closed-door hearing, Sessions had one more contact with Russia that wasn't reported to the public yet. Um, but when you move on to Attorney General Sessions' hearing, it didn't seem like he was giving any of those reports credibility at all. So we have yet to kind of find out about that. Um, apparently, President Trump had alluded to Comey to allowing the Flynn investigation to go. Um, furthermore, it seemed that during the Obama administration, uh, Attorney General Loretta Lynch requested to Comey about calling Hillary Clinton's private servant investigation to be a matter. Um, I don't understand why that was requested. I don't think that sounds appropriate at all. And um, I do think it's indicative of the point that I think several presidents most likely do ask the FBI or other agencies to kind of calm down on certain investigations. I think perhaps maybe President Trump was the only one that was caught um, in this situation. And a lot of it probably had to do with Comey even stating in the, um, in the hearing about how he did not trust President Trump, and that's why he kept written records of everything. But I really don't think there was an excuse for Attorney General Loretta Lynch to um, step in and ask for Hillary Clinton's private server investigation to be called a matter. I think um, that's pretty shady. Furthermore, Comey wasn't afraid to be blunt, and he basically called Donald Trump a liar, accused him of slandering him and the FBI's reputation. Um, also, it seemed that um, Comey had disputed an article published in the New York Times about contacts between Russia and the Trump administration. And I think this is a great reminder that liberal media isn't always accurate. Although I do think New York Times and Washington Post, for the most part, have been doing a great job. But it's very important for you all to understand and realize to not take headlines at face value. It's important to read the entire article and think how plausible the information is. Um, I thought Senator Cornyn, who's one of the lovely senators from Texas, uh, the way he kept hammering in about Hillary Clinton's private service situation, asking questions about it, I thought that was completely unnecessary. We know that she lost. We know that there was no facts to find an investigation upon. In fact, Comey stated that he was positively sure there would be absolutely no case. Um, I just didn't think it needed to be rehashed, and I felt like he was diverting from the main issue, which was um, Donald Trump. We really didn't understand what Senator McCain was saying or doing in a lot of his questionings. I mean, he called him President Comey. Um, he blamed it on his lack of sleep because he was up late watching baseball. So we hope Senator McCain will be getting more sleep and being more attentive in these hearings. Um, we also found it kind of funny um, that, you know, Comey did leak one of the meeting memos to his friend, and his friend who was a law professor at Columbia, and his friend leaked it. Um, we're not really sure the legal ramifications of this, but his response when asked by the committee why he didn't leak it himself, he responded, he didn't want the media to come at him like a flock of seagulls, <laughs> um, in which you can kind of see that most government officials kind of have some sort of you know, resentment towards the media and how they chase after them. Finally, we wanted to state that, you know, at the end of the day, the FBI did not think Donald Trump colluded with Russia during the election. Uh, they also said that Donald Trump did not ask him to stop the Russia investigation. Now, could there be more evidence to back up the statement that Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with Russia? 
Comey thinks maybe there is. It just depends on how the ongoing investigation pans out. Um, it does seem that Russia interfered with their elections, but it didn't seem that they were able to change the votes casted during the election. Now, our main question in all of this is, how did Russia interfere? Was it only the DNC hacking and the fake news they were helping to spread? Uh, were there other things? When will the public find out? You know, we just really want more details. So at the end of all of this, you know, people came off thinking perhaps Trump has obstructed justice and apparently his special counsel Mueller is, or Mueller is um, looking into it. Um, and that it could maybe result in his impeachment. Um, we probably don't think so. I don't know what happened in the closed door hearings, but um, not really holding our breath to see if Trump will be impeached anytime soon. At the end of the day, you know, I just feel really sad for our country. It's come to this point. Uh, we are a nation so insanely divided. Our president and his administration is constantly under suspicion, and we really look utterly foolish around the world. So... Those are kind of just like the thoughts that we had um, while watching the hearing. Um, of course, there's going to be a lot more to come. I don't feel like this is the end. I think this is the beginning of the end of what's been happening uh, with our president and his administration. All right, folks, that's what we have on the national front. Let's move on to what's been going on in the Texas legislature. Alright folks, so if you all had been following me on social media, you all have been listening and knowing about all of the stuff that's been happening in the Texas legislature. It's been a crazy session. Uh, this was considered one of the most contentious sessions. It seemed that tensions were an all-time high between the House and the Senate. And um, the Senate is run by Lieutenant Governor Dean Patrick, while the House is run by Speaker Joe Strauss. And at Wise Up, we wanted to say that we highly support a lot of what uh, Speaker Joe Strauss on the House side has done and has been saying. Um, it seems that there were several good bills that could have helped Texas, but were kind of waylaid by the Freedom Caucus, which is a far-right uh, political group that was very intent on certain types of bills and legislation that we necessarily do not agree with. But I'm going to start with just a general overview of what has happened. Um, over 6,000 bills were filed in both chambers and only um, 1,139 bills passed. Um, so one of the most contentious bills which I have discussed was SB4, which would impose stiff financial penalties on cities and counties that either restrict their officers from inquiring about subjects' immigration status or decline to fully cooperate with federal detainer requests for county jail inmates suspected of being unauthorized immigrants. Proponents for the bill claim this is going to clamp down on crime committed by illegals, yet hard data doesn't really support this notion. Um, opponents of the bill argued there will be discriminatory tactics and racial profiling against the Latina population. I would say I'd have to agree with this. And, um, and one example was at the very last day of session, which was May 29th, uh, there were several Hispanic people that were at the Capitol rallying and demonstrating against SB4, even though it has been signed into law. Um, many of them had signs that said, you know, um, immigrants here to stay. And apparently one representative, Rep. Rinaldi, who is from Irving, said that he saw a sign that said illegal immigrants in here to stay. 
Um, I would like to add that PolitiFact and several other news sources went to go look for the signs and granted that that sign could have been there, um, they were unable to find any signs that said um, illegal immigrants in here to stay. They did see signs that said immigrants in here to stay. Anyways, um, Representative Rinaldi decided to call ICE, which was Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, and they're the ones that deport people. So they called ICE um, and stating that there were many illegal immigrants here. Um, Rep. Rinaldi then went on and told the Texas Hispanic Democrat representatives that he had called ICE on these people. Of course, this got really heated. Um, it seemed like there were about to be punches being thrown, and some, you know, somebody said, one of the reps said that he, they were going to come get Rep. Rinaldi. Rep. Rinaldi was like, well, you know, I'm going to, you know, shoot a bullet through your head. And so it was definitely a very tense day on the very last day of session. But I do think it is indicative to see that Rep. Rinaldi saw a huge group of Hispanic people and decided that it was his place to call immigration on them. And he made the automatic assumptions, it seems, that because they were Hispanic, that they were probably illegal. And that's not always the case. Um, I do think that this bill can also impact the South Asian community. And that's because several people are unable to differentiate um, our skin tones. Um, they can only perhaps know once they see our names. But the way this bill has been passed is that a police officer who can stop you even for any sort of traffic infraction can ask for your papers and ask if you're legal or not. So I definitely think this is going to have some huge impacts and implications uh, to our immigration system and definitely to minorities here in Texas. So um, it goes in effect September 1st, so I think it's something for us to keep in mind. All right, moving on. Uh, you, I have discussed that Texas Capital Muslim Day was a great success. Uh, we had many interfaith groups coming to make a human chain to support the Texas Muslim community. Uh, furthermore, several Texas Democratic reps also came out to support and welcome their Texas Muslim constituents, which was awesome. Um, moving on to education, which is a big um, and important subject matter for South Asians, uh, there was HB 21, which was a school finance bill, and it was done um, by the House and it had bipartisan support and it was infusing $1.8 billion to help fix our outdated public school finance program. Uh, the Senate side rejected it because it didn't offer private school choice, which and they use another term called vouchers. Uh, we're not really for uh, public private school choice and while many advocates for private school would like to state that, oh, well, you know, if if you're in a poor school district, um, you can get money from the government to fund the uh, to go to private school. Now, one thing is, is for many private schools, even if they get some government funding, that doesn't mean it covers their entire tuition cost at these private schools. Two, not all private schools are going to accept these kids, right? Each private school has their own, you know, list that they check off for which, the types of students that they admit. So it doesn't mean that the kids will get into these private schools. Three, private schools have no accountability to the state of Texas. So you can, you know, go to some private school that, you know, doesn't have to be certified by Texas, could be absolutely lousy. And those kids are still going to be going to not really great schools. Uh, four, many people in rural areas aren't unable to 
um, get to a private school because most private schools are in um, the larger cities. So if you're in rural areas, you don't really have much of an option. And so these vouchers and stuff, um, which are essentially like coupons of money to go to these private schools, aren't really going to be helpful to the majority of Texans. It's most likely going to be helpful to, you know, middle-class people, and this is not really going to help the poor people. So there are several people that were against this, and the Senate seemed like they were unwilling to help fund um, public schools, which is exceptionally disappointing because several rural schools will most likely shut down and our public schools in Texas will continuously be underfunded, which is going to impact us in the long run because if our kids, you know, don't get proper education, where are they going to get hired by whom, you know? Who's going to want to hire uneducated people? So that's pretty disappointing. Um, in other news, some other discriminatory legislation that happened. There was HB 3859. Um, this would allow child welfare providers to use their sincerely held religious beliefs to decide what homes and services foster and adoptive children should receive. This means such faith-based organizations can also place a child in a religious school, deny referrals for certain contraceptives, drugs, or devices, and they can refuse to contract with other organizations that don't share their religious beliefs. You know, I just don't think that this is a necessary um, bill. We already have a you know child welfare problem in Texas. We've had over 200 kids die under CPS care, uh, which is Child Protective Services. And right now, we don't need more restrictions on who adopts ki these kids. Right now, we need to make sure there's inclusivity and that people have the opportunities to adopt regardless of their religious beliefs. At the end of the day, these kids need to be cared for. Um, I found this legislation to be exceptionally disappointing. Then, you may have heard about the anti-Sharia bill. So last legislative session in 2015, uh, State Rep Flynn um, had this anti-Sharia bill and it died without any sort of vote last session. Um, this time it came back and it did pass. And while it doesn't mention the Sharia by name, like most anti-Sharia legislation nationwide, it refers instead to prohibiting the application of foreign laws. So this HB 45 is a fix for a problem that doesn't really exist. These are the Islamophobic fears of creeping Sharia law that really have no basis. Um, I do want to say that Representative Jeff Leach, who is one of the representatives from Plano, um, was one of the supporters and co-authors of this bill. And so I hope you all will remember that if you are living in Plano, that when you go up and vote in 2018, that you do not vote for this guy, or you go and talk to him about why he uh, voted for this bill. There have been several Muslims I know that have tried to reach out to him and ask, you know, is this the anti-Sharia bill, and um, why did he pass it? And he either ignores the questions, or he states that this is not, you know, against Muslims. Um, it's essentially an Amer a bill that says American law for American courts. But anyways... Moving on, um, Representative Phil King um, had a bill that targeted companies that boycott Israel as part of the so-called boycott divestment sanctions, or so-called the BDS movement. Uh, the bill would forbid state agencies to contract with or invest in such companies. 
All right, one of the biggest bills that was really contentious this session was the bathroom bill. Um, it did not pass, but it could pass in special session, which begins July 18th. The bill would require transgender school children to use bathrooms that correspond to their biological sex. Many businesses and organizations have spoken out um, against this bill. Still speaking of kids, you know, um, with over 200 kids dying under CPS, Care and since U.S. District Judge Janice Jack ruled in late 2015 that the state's long-term foster care system violated children's rights, the Texas legislature passed several bills reforming and giving additional funding to CPS. Um, many of these bills were really amazing in that they are helping to reform CPS, but we wanted to note that they did add an amendment to the bill, which did pass about um, not allowing any of these kids to attain any sort of vaccines, and um, the anti-vaccinators lobbying group was especially strong in this legislative session and really wanted to implement that uh, amendment on there. Another really important bill is Texas passed a texting while driving ban. This will ban drivers from texting while a vehicle is moving, making it a misdemeanor offense punishable by a fine ranging from $25 to $99. Last but not least, um, straight ticket voting um, will not be in Texas anymore. And while many Democrats found this to be unfair because they felt that many um, people, you know, that vote Democrat usually do straight ticket voting, uh, I think this was actually a good bill because I think each person should vote for the candidates they feel are the most qualified for and not just from one party. Um, I'm one of those that votes from bo for both parties. And I definitely look at each candidate to see who I feel would be the most qualified for the position. And yes, I do realize that there are those that just do straight ticket voting. Um, but I don't think that's really fair because I do think a lot of really bad people um, from either party get elected just because you just want to vote for an R or a D. And that's not necessarily fair because I do think that there are great candidates from both parties um, that deserve a fair shot for your vote. And that's why it's so important for you to wise up on each and every one of them. There were some other bills that would have been great um, for Texas but didn't end up passing, and that's public school finance, um, Medicaid expansion, and curbing the maternal mortality rate. Um, if you don't know, in the first world countries, Texas has the highest maternal mortality rate, and we're not sure why, and it should be getting a lot more attention, but unfortunately it doesn't. Anyways, the political circus isn't over yet. The Texas legislators are coming back on July 18th to debate 20 topics in a span of a month. So you can bet that it's probably going to get ugly. Now, some of the special session agenda items will include a teacher pay raise of $1,000, um, admin flexibility in teacher hiring and retention practices, a school finance reform commission, uh, school choice for special needs students, property tax reform, um, on a side note, I know that property tax reform, cheaper property taxes always sounds great, but please know that your property taxes is what funds uh, your kids' public education. So you cut your property taxes, you're also cutting funding for your children in schools. So that's something to, you know, think of before, you know, join the hurrah of, yeah, no more property taxes or lower tax rates because there's always an implication from it. So those are some of the 20 items that are on the agenda. Um, you can be sure that Wise Up will definitely be keeping you up to date as to how things are going, um, whether it's 
through our segments or on social media. So make sure you follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are on all three. Our handle is at wiseuptx.com or at wiseuptx. Our website is www.wiseuptx.com. So make sure you're following us, checking out our website. And we hope to be back soon with another update of what's been going on. Remember, everyone, get educated, get wiser, and let's start giving a hoop. Until next time.